This is W T M. Watch this movie. What? <laughs> How you doing? Oh, good for you. Oh, you betcha, yeah. Oh, wait. I drink it up. First, you gotta do the trouble shuffle. Obviously, you're not a golfer. Watch a few movies, take a few notes. W G M. Watch this movie. Welcome back to another edition of WTM Watch This Movie. I am Eric Mulder. My safe word is keep going. And joining me once again, as always, we have Brett, Mr. Positivity, Wolfie T. What's up? Not too much. Just living a pandemic life in a pandemic world. Never ending. (laughs) The never ending pandemic. We're, we are at day, let's see, about 167 of 15 days to flatten the curve. <laughs> it's, it's just going to disappear one day, and then uh, we'll all be good. We just need to slow things down for 15 days so we can get the hospitals ready, and then we'll be fine. <laughs> you know what will happen is I just added a couple of masks to the, T, uh, to the WTM Teespring store. The one with the, the WTM main logo. And then also our uh, turning into a real mark mm-hmm. design is on there too because that was pretty popular. It's a good looking mask. I should get my hands on one of those. But my thought is now that those are available, the virus is going to disappear and nobody will <laughs> need masks anymore. <laughs> it's still We're still going to need them for a couple of months. And I think that's enough time for Steve and Mark to buy a couple of those either for themselves or for their ladies. <laughs> you know, we're only a couple months away from Christmas. Yeah. Make a, a great present. I don't they know. They love to get... turn into a real Mark merchandise. So they should yeah. be chopping at the bit. Didn't, uh, I fr- was our it friends Steve from movie was... drone from across the pond. Yeah. I can't remember. Mark might've, uh... But a tote bag for his wife. Well, we still have tote bags out there mm-hmm. with the, the, the Mark logo on it. And I, he got himself a t-shirt too. So, you know. Now, does the Positively Wolfie podcast have masks for sale? We do. We even have one with a uh, design to let everybody know that you are a mask enforcement officer. Mm. So that you can be self-righteous and get in people's faces when they are not wearing a mask or if they are not wearing it properly and let them know that you have the authority to do, to do that because you have a badge on your face. Yeah, I think that accessory pairs eloquently with our head sheriff in charge t-shirt. That's a good combo. Especially now since uh, everybody's so pro-police. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that uh that shirt came from our horror extravaganza last year i believe it was after motel hell correct yeah i think motel hell was when we first came up with that or one of the first i don't i don't remember if we uh, i think we coined the phrase on motel hell but we may have kind of tiptoed around the subject on some other episodes we did uh because we noticed that in horror movies very often you have the dumb deputy 
but it's rare when you run into the head sheriff in charge Mm -hmm. and in motel hill the brother of the motel owners was the head sheriff in charge that he was the hsic Speaking of which, uh, the horror extravaganza is upon us. Although in September, I'm recording an episode on Hard Ticket to Hawaii, so it's a it's a bit different. Just blame it on COVID. Yeah, that's what happens when you take the summer off. You missed uh, we missed a whole bunch of <laughs> time to be covering other movies. Yeah, we wanted to cover a kind of a fun summer movie that kind of wrap up the summer, I guess. Signal Fall. And uh, yeah, we have some ideas for some horror movies that we're going to talk about. You've mentioned three off air. You can yep. mention them now if you want. I'm guessing we'll do episodes on those, but I think we're going to try and do some episodes in person, but we'll see if that comes to fruition. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see how things go. Uh, <laughs> obviously, the things are fluctuating. And uh, information is inconsistent, so we'll, we'll see what's up. Uh, some of the some of the movies that I suggested that uh, hopefully we'll be doing. The first one is a horror movie from the '60s, starring Aubrey or uh, Audrey Hepburn. It's called Wait Until Dark, and that one's a uh, one that I saw a few years ago and I really enjoyed. Uh, and then uh, another one is the 70s version of Invasion of the Body Snatchers with Donald Sutherland, Mm -hmm. which is a fantastic movie. And then uh, the other one we're kind of debating back and forth, um, potentially Death Proof, or I think we mentioned on the last episode, possibly Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. Maybe, but... uh, those are those are potential movies uh, that we'll be doing episodes on in the future, uh, and if we don't do an episode on on some of those, maybe some of the ones that Eric hasn't seen, maybe they'll be a dare or a, not a dare, but a challenge. I got to use our brand. I got to stay on brand. There you go. Movie challenge. We have a movie challenge T-shirt out there too. Mm-hmm. With it all, doesn't have with a lovely. Uh, drawn picture of myself i should probably from up, a picture i should probably update it with the the newer wolfie t drawn logo maybe get a picture of uh, your face on there maybe i don't like showing my face on the internet <laughs> i like to be incognito mm-hmm. but uh yeah speaking of positively wolfie you mentioned that the store that's brand new and uh we had my friend Eric Mulder guest star on a, guest star on an episode. Uh, I think it might come out maybe a little bit after this one, or maybe just before. But uh, yeah, check that out too. Yeah, today's the third, right? Yep, and uh, that episode of Positively Wolfy will be the the nine eleven episode, which is probably Ooh. fitting. <laughs> Because there was an article on there that I didn't read beforehand, and I, <laughs> I probably should have. <laughs> so you're going to want to check that out to see how we tiptoe around some controversy. 
All right. Well, I guess that about does it for updates. Let's get into Heart Ticket to Hawaii. Came out in 1987. Directed by Andy Sedaris. Starring Ron Moss, Donna Spear, Hope Marie Carlton, Harold Diamond, Rodrigo Obregón, Cynthia Brimall, Patty Duffick, Wolf Larson, Laurie Green, uh, Rustam Braneman, Kwan Hee Lim, Glenn Chin. Let's go over some random names now. I mean, that's about it. There's pretty did much. You, did you see who Andy Sedaris plays in this movie? He's uncredited. Yeah. What, what's his name? Whitey. I know who he is in there, but oh, just Whitey. <laughs> Whitey, the sports director. <laughs> uh, we, have a clip, we have a clip of him later. It'll, it's pretty hilarious. <laughs> well, it's disgusting, but hilarious. He's kind of playing himself in there. In more ways than one, we'll learn a little more about uh, Andy Sedaris in a minute here. I'll just give the synopsis quick. You'll have to add the disgusting but okay uh, soundbite in here somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) Disgusting but okay. Uh, In Hawaii, an undercover DEA agent and her civilian friends stumble upon a drug trafficking operation and have to enlist the help of all their colleagues and friends to go after the vicious drug kingpin. Now this synopsis omits the presence of a certain toxic snake <laughs> that throws a wrench in everything kind of but not really there there are some <laughs> interesting subplots in here that really don't add much to the story but uh <laughs> they're, they're there <laughs> <laughs> there's a snake for some reason so yeah there's the snake subplot and then there's just scenes uh involving uh the football meetings in hawaii that are being presented by the what is it the, the southern states sports channel or something like that mm-hmm. and it really has nothing to do with anything it's just just happens to be there well it has to do with any sedaris i'll tell you why later oh <laughs> well, in a minute here but uh basically the only name in here is ron moss who was on the bold and the beautiful from 87 until 2012 still alive 68 years young and he did marry a playboy playmate in 1990 sherry shattuck but she is not in this film but this film has four other playboy playmates let's see hope marie carlton Cynthia brimall uh, donna spear who's the fourth one those are patty cakes <laughs> I'm not sure, but I'm sure we'll get to it in the uh, trivia section. At the end of I don't the think show. IMDb had that in the trivia section, honestly. Really? IMDb only has like four trivia things. Well, it might be on back of the Blu-ray that I gave you. So the ones they highlight are Donna Spear, Hope Marie Carlton, Cynthia Brimhall, and Patty Duffick. So Patty mm-hmm. was Patty Cake. Or Patty Cakes, whatever it was. Um, so Andy Sedaris kind of going through some stuff on Wikipedia here, but he has a kind of some interesting things about his career. Uh, he's best known for his bullets, bombs, and babes, AKA bullets, bombs, and boobs series of B movies. 
I came up between 85 and 98. And I was always filled with Playboy Playmates and Penthouse Pets. But before the B movies, he was a pioneer in sports television. Most prominently with the ABC's Wide World of Sports, he was the show's first director. And he did that for 25 years, won an Emmy. Even worked with Monday Night Football back in the day. He, worked, he directed some ABC Sports coverage of the Summer Olympics in 68. Uh, and then he, he directed some TV episodes like Gemini Man, Kojak, uh, Hardy Boys, Nancy Drew Mysteries, a lot of different stuff like that. But also, he was well known for what's called the Honey Shot. Close-ups of cheerleaders and pretty girls in the stands at sporting events. That was Brent Musburger's favorite. <laughs> <laughs> Almost ended his career. <laughs> did, he direct, did he direct the XFL too? Uh, it doesn't say so in here. But uh, he died in 2007. Sedaris did. But uh, yeah. So he's kind of known for the honey or the, yeah, the honey shot. And as you can see, that's how it kind of influenced his later career. <laughs> just putting pretty girls into action films. And then that's why, why he's, there's a uh, football guys in hard ticket to Hawaii and he's a, a sports director or whatever. Are those actual football players? I didn't look to see. I, or are they just actors? I couldn't tell. I didn't see anywhere if they were real or not, but I mean, it definitely wasn't any big names. I didn't recognize either of them. I was thinking it was like the USW or uh, whatever. UFL. UFL. What is it called? Yeah. Was that around at the time? Maybe they played for that league. Uh, Could have been. Like I said, there's no like real trivia about any of that stuff. on IMDb at least. Yeah. Maybe if you look further in the, in the credits. Yeah. I'm trying to find them in the credits. So looks like Mike McKenzie and Daryl Davis might be two of them. And then Eric Grum and Ross Simeona. Daryl Davis looks like he's a stunt man. Yeah, I don't they must all be uh just paid actors. Let us not forget Russell Howell, who did the skateboard stunt in this film. He's a champion skateboarder, born in 49. He won the 79 Outdoor National Freestyle Championships in roller skating. (laughs) But he's uh, been in a lot of films, did a lot of stunt work and skate work. Uh, Various things in the late 70s and into the 80s. He He was skateboarding before skateboarding was fashionable. Yep. All right. Well, I think we can kind of move into the plot of this film thick with plot subplots it's got everything just plot <laughs> too much plot <laughs> so let's let's look at my notes here did you uh, by chance watch the uh, introduction by andy sedaris i did not i just watched the movie it's not really worth it but you get to see him. i mean he kind of looks like a troll but i mean you see him in the movie He's just older in the intro because you can tell they did it for the DVD. I didn't really look at the cast beforehand. I just kind of, I almost assumed that he was the lead in there 
because that's usually what happens with these guys who, you know, write, produce their own like shitty movies like this. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it makes more sense that he was Whitey, the sports director, I guess. Uh, so this film is rated R. But wouldn't you just consider it softcore porn? Isn't that what it really is? A little bit, but I mean, there's only really like one sex scene, right? And it's not even like really a sex scene. Yeah, I suppose. I mean, it's got a lot of nudity, but I guess not a lot of sex shown on screen, I guess. Yeah. It's probably why it's stuck with the R rating. Yeah, there's not, I don't know. Other than the nudity, there isn't a lot of like sexual content. But yeah, it seems like almost like a softcore porn with like the best production value you've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> they spent too much time writing the plot and not enough time doing the sex scenes. They were going for that vibe. <laughs> too much time making the snake. Like it's like a softcore porn where they're like, Well, you want to play this on regular TV too? So we'll just edit out like the the actual like sex parts and We'll, you know, make a real movie instead. Mm-hmm. But is that it? Is that kind of acting and uh, that kind of story that you might find on there? I didn't write any notes about the first scene or so. Uh, you know, they're on the boat and they're talking about how they have to go back to the island or whatever. Yeah, I don't really have anything for that either. Uh, the first real action was uh, there's the two local police going to check on the marijuana farm that's supposed to be family owned and run except for there's a bunch of guys with guns and and whatnot there and on their way back to their car or their plane or however they how did they get their boat i forget yeah i believe so they get caught in one of them rope traps where you step (laughs) in it and it grabs you by the ankle and you're hanging upside down by a tree yep and then uh, they get shotgunned to death <laughs> pretty they quickly. Do. No wasting, no wasting time. And he was just looking for his little payoff and noticed that it was not the same people. He was about to retire too. He was training the, his replacement. <laughs> I feel so bad for that guy. Three days from retirement. He's been working that beat for 25 years. This came out the same year as Lethal Weapon. I mean, was Lethal Weapon really the first two days from retirement movie? Not really, but it definitely reinforced or popularized the trope, I would think. Because he's talking about retirement in every Lethal Weapon movie. Right. It's probably the most popular, most well-known as far as that trope. Yeah. Then we get to the airport. and There's a (laughs) drop-off a live snake. How about that uh, forklift driver Mm -hmm. and the negligence that he demonstrates (laughs) and lack of skills? Speaking of the forklift driver, I think it uh, bears pointing out that the opening credit sequence is pretty cool in this movie, actually, I think, where it's it's him. It's just basically the forklift driver lowering and moving boxes around with the names of the cast members and the crew. Yeah, that's pretty sweet. They did that on the end credits too. They just mm-hmm. had, uh, they printed out like a piece of paper and stuck it to the side of a box. And then each box had its own credit for whoever was in the movie. Yeah, it's always moving in or out of the shot and up and down. It's pretty cool. Which is pretty creative. 
Um, and I'm sure it saved a lot of money uh, versus having to do it, you know, in post. Yeah. But yeah, he, uh, he knocks the, uh, there's a crate with a live snake in it and he, it's got like, it looks like zip ties, but it, it would seem more like metal once they. Yeah. It's steel binding. Cause I used to, when I worked at Menards back in the day, we'd simply get some pallets like that and you'd have a special scissors that you'd cut mm-hmm. that with. Or you just knock it off with your forklift because <laughs> you can't fucking turn it around without bumping into everything. Yeah, that thing snapped uh, pretty easily. But it'll come into play a little bit later. Uh, but first we have to meet Taryn and Donna. Mm-hmm. Kind of the main protagonists. And uh, the whole thing confused me. Donna is a DEA agent, but Taryn was a witness against somebody in Vegas. Mm-hmm. And as part of the witness protection program, she has to go be kind of an agent, but not really. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and then they work for a, a, a cargo plane company, like a cargo company as pilots. But they also have a give tours. Cup. They have a newlywed couple that they have to drop off on a like a uninhabited island. Uh, it was very confusing. I, I don't think that makes any sense whatsoever. Definition of too much going on. So much <laughs> exactly. of it is just unnecessary. Just make them both agents. <laughs> like, are they undercover, or is that like just their day job, or? Like, I don't get it. Even though you explained it to me in great detail. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't understand. It doesn't make sense. With a lot of the stuff in this movie, you're like, well, I, I heard you tell me, but I still don't get why. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. So it, I, I have a note here. Is, uh, is Taryn a body double for Donna? Because it, it sounded like they were kind of making it sound like Taryn had to look just like Donna, you know, cause they're making her work out and stuff. But then like that never comes into play later. Yeah. I'm not sure because there's that scene on the boat with Ron Moss in the beginning where he's sleeping with her. Mm-hmm. Is it uh, Donna? Is that her name? That one? I think so. Yeah. Donna was the actual agent. But I was almost a little confused initially after that, when I first saw Donna, cause she's wearing the sunglasses, I think. And I was like, wait, is this the same is this the same woman or is this a different one? Or it's just a lot of blondes with big tits and it gets confusing. Surprisingly, I didn't have that hard a time telling them apart, even though they, they got the same haircut, pretty, pretty similar looking faces, same kind of body type, same plastic surgery. <laughs> it's like if they were, intending for her to be a body double like it makes sense but it never like i said it never comes up again but let's see yeah so they uh like i said they're working for the cargo company giving short plane rides to civilians while simultaneously delivering cargo in this case a snake while also simultaneously playing the theme song to the movie did you enjoy that? The Hard Ticket to Hawaii? <laughs> that was a good song. But I was going to mention, uh, Taryn constantly brings up James Bond. Mm-hmm. 
throughout the film. And then they, uh, Donna asked her like, which, which actor that played James Bond would you, would you let sleep with you? And she's like, all of them, just line them up. (laughs) (laughs) So she's not picky. Well, she's not wrong either. (laughs) 87. Who was, uh, was that, uh, Dalton? Yeah. Timothy Dalton. I mean, I guess she's like even the old guy that played it. 87 was Living Daylights and 89 was License to Kill. Those are the only two Dalton ones. 85 was View to a Kill, Treasure More. So I'm not sure if so Dalton maybe Dalton come out. Yeah, maybe Dalton wasn't one of them yet. I guess that's not as bad. <laughs> <laughs> only a Only a three-man train. It reminds me, did you see that clip of that late? I don't even remember. I don't know what show she was on. She was on like a podcast recently. And she told a story about she just, uh, she was like in a hotel room with eight players from an NBA team and she blew all of them at the same time. Uh, no idea. <laughs> Never heard of this. I saw it on Twitter. Mm. It's a meme now. It's the only one that people are like people posted and like, the only person that can uh, finish off this NBA player, you know, whoever's <laughs> playing, and then it's her picture. <laughs> Disgusting, but okay. <laughs> but that, uh, Is that the only t- thing people are tweeting about the NBA right now? Uh, I don't know. I, I follow a few accounts that tweet about the NBA, but I'm not watching it, so I don't really understand what they're talking about. <laughs> Neither but. is anyone else. <laughs> But the thinking about uh, Taryn and the James Bond actors made me think of uh, that lady. (laughs) You'll have to send me that. Maybe I've seen the meme and just didn't get it because I didn't know about it. I I might. I'll. I'll see if I can find it. It might take a while. I'm sure it's been deleted a few times. But uh, yeah, I was super confused when Donna and Taryn get in the plane and start flying it. Because like the, like your pilots on top of everything else. Mm-hmm. So they, uh, you know, they land. They're walking around, and basically cut to we got the boat offshore where they're sending the diamonds in this remote controlled helicopter. That thing's got to be expensive. The range it's, on that helicopter is pretty sweet. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty sweet device, and it's Mr. Chang. Mr. Chang is. One of my favorite characters out of this movie. <laughs> Such fashion style. Just a amazing outfit. He's got white pants and a uh I think he's got like a blue jacket and an ascot. Mm-hmm. Just very fashionable. And he had like a it almost looked like a magic wand. And he used it to control the the mini helicopter to go land it on the beach. And these girls stumble upon it. And about the same time, the henchmen are in route to pick up the package, the diamonds. Yep. And Taryn has nunchucks for some reason. Like, as soon as they're on the beach, she's just fucking around with her nunchucks, which mm-hmm. came out of nowhere. Was it also Taryn who had the Chinese throwing stars? No, Donna had the, Donna the throwing stars. She pulled it out of her boot. <laughs> <laughs> so... And Taryn, she's got nunchucks. Obviously, she doesn't know how to use them because she just throws them at the dude. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's not how it works. Like, no, you don't have a weapon. So, yeah, they kill, they kill one of the henchmen. 
And then no, the, he survives. He gets a star in the chest and he survives. Oh, that's right. Uh, because he shows the other one, a little but, bit later. But uh, yeah, so there's two little boxes in the helicopter. I think Donna or Taryn picks up one of them and then the other one just gets kind of lost in the shuffle, uh, just in the brush area. Yeah, I kind of get bumped out and just kind of fell underneath some some undergrowth. <laughs> right. A callback for <laughs> Positively Wolfy podcast. You'll have to, or maybe it'll be a call forward. Yeah, you know, <laughs> this comes up first. Really foreshadowing. You'll have to tune in. There were some episode. diamonds hiding in undergrowth and hard ticket to Hawaii. Didn't take five years to find them, but uh, pretty close. <laughs> but, yeah, so they, uh, T- Taryn and Donna get away. The, the helicopter flies back to the boat. And then the, the goons are so incompetent that they don't, uh, they don't find the other box. Well, they just assume that both were taken. Yeah, I suppose. But, uh, yeah, so uh, Taryn and Donna get back to their, their home hangar. And uh, they roll the snake out into the, the hangar and uh, just go home and get in the hot tub. Well, it's because they do their best thinking in the jacuzzi. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Basically but, like the line verbatim. But we should mention uh, uh, after they landed initially, their boss, I, can't, I didn't write his name down. I don't remember what his name was, but he was trying to call them to tell them that there was two snakes and the one they were supposed to take to the wildlife park was left behind. And then the one that they took was a, I don't know what they, they called it, but it was a, It's like a toxic a, snake that was infected with like cancer and AIDS or something from rats. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was like, like a what? contaminated snake. <laughs> it was supposed to go to the health department or something. <laughs> and so they have it in their, their hangar and it's just kind of in that loose box. There's nothing to hold it in anymore. Mm-hmm. And that's, uh, that's foreshadowing for what'll come. I think we're at our first clip. So it's, uh, right. it's almost a two for one because we meet Whitey, who's a real Harvey Weinstein type. Mm-hmm. Andy Sedaris, the director. As you'll hear. And then we meet uh, Seth Romero, who uh, was supposed to be the recipient of those boxes out of the helicopter. All right. So here we go. Oh, Charlotte, baby, where have you been? I haven't seen you for a while. I'm just a working girl. This joint's too expensive for me. Hey, you can eat my joint anytime for free. That makes me want to turn into a vegetarian. Excuse me, Ashley, but don't you need to check on some reservations? I'll see Charlotte for you. Right, Edie. Oh, Charlotte. Catch you later, baby. And enjoy your lunch. Charlotte, Charlotte, thank goodness you've decided to come. Charlotte, I'm not just some fast-talking New York television director. I care for you a great deal. Trust me, Charlotte. You practically raped me last night. That was last night, Charlotte. This is today. I care for you, Charlotte. I care for your mind. I don't care about your body anymore. I'm not into that. May I help you? I'll have a pair of coffee. Hello, Mr. Romero. Is everything satisfactory? Superb, as usual, Edie. Thank you. Please, excuse me a moment. Of course, sir. 
What are you two doing here? Now calm down, Mr. Romero. We got some bad news. Yeah, boss. Uh, somebody beat us through the stuff. They got away. Looks like they almost killed you. Who were they? It was a couple of broads. Broads? You dummies. They got away on that cargo plane. Yeah. Uh-huh. Molokai cargo. Yeah. If brains were virgins, you'd have a clean cage. I'll get someone else to handle them. Get out of here. Come here. I have a job for you. So, <laughs> Seth Romero. He kind of reminds me of uh, the uh, on Seinfeld. They had the two gay guys who came and stole Elaine's uh, armoire. Who doesn't want to wear the ribbon? <laughs> they're at the AIDS walk. <laughs> who? Who did this? Who did this to you? <laughs> and we should mention uh, Ashley, the uh, manager of Edie's restaurant, who <laughs> is constantly saying just horrible things to women. <laughs> just totally unprofessional. He's got a shirt unbuttoned to his navel. As he said, Andy Sedaris doing his Harvey Weinstein impression. Or maybe his Andy Sedaris impression. <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure he was playing a character? Practically raped me last night. That was last night. Today is today. <laughs> or this is today. It's like, well, wait, what? I'm not interested in your body anymore. And then the, uh, the big-titted waitress comes over for his order and he just stares at her chest. <laughs> a pair of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> that... Uh, you know, brains or birdshit line is might be the most clever line in the movie. I love it. <laughs> I, I had to get a clip of that because that was a fucking amazing line. If brains were birdshit, you'd have a clean cage. <laughs> I need to start using that. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, from there, uh, Taryn and Donna are just having a topless hot tub session. And they find out that there's diamonds in the box that they found. So they open the evidence in the hot tub. Because that's, that's what girls do. You know, <laughs> just hang out topless together. <laughs> do their best thinking. <laughs> it's like, I need to get something off my chest. My shirt. <laughs> but then we, uh, we cut back to the, uh, the yacht from the beginning of the movie. And it's... Uh, our friends Rowdy and Jade practicing some Kempo very mm -hmm. sensually. <laughs> I thought they were going to start making out. But uh, Jade even has a, I forget what he said. I didn't get the clip of it, but he, he has one of the, he does a Confucius say quote <laughs> with his bad Chinese accent. It's very <laughs> offensive. It's very offensive in 2020. <laughs> but he should have said something about having the heart of a lion because he gets shot in it later on and he lives <laughs> <laughs> like right in the middle of the chest, basically. Do you remember what the quote was? The Confucius? No, say? no. I don't remember. It was some fake, uh, like enlightened, uh, motivational quote or whatever, or a philosophical quote. And then the, they call him the sushi man comes up with his delivery and, uh, a sandwich with a note for their next uh, mission, which is, uh, I don't, do they say, I, it's something to do with uh, Chang and uh, Romero, I think. 
you know, it might even be best not even to try to follow the plot strictly. <laughs> we can just talk about different scenes. Whatever it is, whatever it is about, they don't get to it until they get called from Taryn and Donna later in the movie. Because <laughs> you don't see them until then. <laughs> and they burn it, so it's like there's no evidence that they ever got it. I mean, it might be the best if we could not talk about the plot beat by beat, but like scenes or yeah. just moments. Because the plot, you know, we talked about the subplot with the snake. Basically, it creeps up again midway through when there's henchmen are at the house with the with the girls yeah looking for the diamonds and then at the end it kind of pops up again and then that's it for the snake and it's mm-hmm. just kind of left to kind of help finish off the uh the bad guy so yeah the bad guys want their diamonds back and these girls are investigating drugs and smuggling and all that type of stuff so it's very straightforward but right in the middle there's <laughs> there's a lot of stuff going on there's a lot of hot tubs and sex scenes and explosions and skateboarding and blow up dolls and do you want to talk about the home invasion uh before that i wanted to bring it up now because this movie has terror train vibes to it (laughs) if you recall i was wondering when you suspected that that hostess or whatever manager or whatever at the restaurant was not a she (laughs) immediately or do you were just like god this woman just has a lot of makeup on or <laughs> i don't know if i i think they she has a weird they, voice <laughs> they surprised me but like right before they revealed i'm like man she gotta cut back on them cigarettes <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, the first time i watched it i didn't get it right away either but it was just like oh wow you like, just feel like back, the movie yeah. you're watching, you're like, well, how did I not see that right away? But <laughs> Looking back, you can see the clues, but <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> like they do close-ups on her. And like, in hindsight, you can see like the, the peach fuzz coming in for the stubble. <laughs> like, Five o'clock shadow. Like you got a lot of makeup on. Like, <laughs> there's, it looks like there's some, uh, some your hair, your face is a little hairier than most women. Oh, you look then, like a uh, drag queen. Oh wait! <laughs> <laughs> and then you, when uh, when she plugs into the phone to listen into the conversation, you can see she's got man hands. <laughs> and then she does another <laughs> Seinfeld reference. But uh, yeah, I didn't uh, I didn't really think about it that much. And then it, you know she changes, and it's like what? <laughs> what Steve Carell would say, and her Adam's apple were as big as her balls. <laughs> <laughs> i like how uh, uh i can't remember if it's taryn or donna one of the two recognizes her immediately from about a hundred yards away because of her pinky ring and her cigarette <laughs> it's like even though now she's a bald man <laughs> you, know? you want so you wanted to get into the home invasion now yeah so uh they break into their house with pantyhose on their head to kind of <laughs> rough them up and uh get the rest of the diamonds and uh, i think they get the one box of diamonds but uh, they all fight back and then outside is uh is old romero waiting at the car well because they still don't have the second box of diamonds oh that's right but i i think they did get the one box they were hiding yeah, it in, they the, have the, in one. the freezer or whatever 
but uh, at this point, the snake gets out, <laughs> and it. I, I I think it went into like the sewer or something. I can't remember, but it was uh, it was pretty far away from Romero in the dark, and he spots it and starts shooting at it because he's afraid of snakes. Mm-hmm. And so everybody freaks out and runs out to him. And as they're running to the car, Donna just shoots him in the fucking face. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, damn, she got good aim. She basically gave him a 50 cent wound because it kind of got him right in the cheek. What do they call that piercing where you cut a hole in your cheek like that? Fish hook. That's pretty, that's pretty punk, pretty punk rock. Fish hooked him. I think the emos like that stuff. <laughs> but yeah, she shoots him right in the fucking face. First shot. <laughs> she fires one shot. She gets him. And uh, he doesn't go down. He just goes in the car. And they yeah, drive grabs off. Grabs his face. Oh. <laughs> just, just a flesh wound. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So at, at that point, they, they get the call from uh, Dixon was his name. The guy from uh, their job. You know, he, he couldn't get a hold of him 12 hours earlier and he waits till like midnight to call him at home to tell him that the, or he was still radioing on the plane to tell him that they got the wrong snake. Mm-hmm. And then obviously, you know, whatever. We'll see the snake later. <laughs> we get a little bit of a sob story from Donna about her father dying in the line of duty. Yep. He was the best agent ever. Uh, and then we're back to Edie's. So we got like three scenes right in a row that are we have clips for. So it, it's going to be a little bit long here. But uh, we get more Ashley and his smooth way of talking to women. We get a discussion with Donna, Taryn, and Edie, who's the restaurant owner. And then we meet Jimmy John Jackson. <laughs> Sportscaster extraordinaire. We also, we might be able to uh, split up these clips and post a little bit if there's a lot of stuff in between. We can just cut that out, and but it'll still be a few clips in a row. So, so we'll see how it ends up. But uh, And then we'll wrap it up with a call to uh, Rowdy that uh, finally gets him and Jade into action, you know, because that note from the sushi man didn't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> so here we go with that Mm-mm, look at you too every shot of postcard i'm going to give you the best seat in the house oh and where's that you can sit right here on my face why is your nose bigger than your dick ashley you know we love you where's edie she's in her private booth in the corner thanks, thanks. Have you heard anything about diamonds in connection with Seth Romero? Donna, the agency only uses me as a contact. There's really very little that they tell me directly. 
I just shot Seth Romero in the face. I should have killed him. You may wish you had, because the best you can hope for now is crutches. I've got to reach Rowdy. Desperately. Let's go to my office. Hey, wait. What's happening? Hey, Jimmy John Jackson, Southern Cable Sports Network. Here for the pro football meetings. And uh, I'll be calling them as I see them. You guys are ball players. Seattle, right? Patty cakes, uh, tall glass of water, plenty of ice. Thank you, darling. Now, you see these two? They're multis. Now, the key here is to make sure you get the vitamin A and B that they come. Now, they're water-soluble, easily depleted. This little brown capsule here, that's vitamin A. Combat's aging, builds endurance, and helps keep the old wazoo hailing hearty. I take 800 and after units of those a day. Now, these little guys, these are less than these guys get in those capillaries and scrub those walls clean. With clean blood, my brain works better. Now, B-complex ties the whole scenario together and eliminates stress. The alfalfa tab, king hell detoxifiers. But my favorite, by far, vitamin C. You can never take too much of that. Take 10 grams a day as I do and your kidneys will crank out. That iridescent green and yellow urine will win you respect in every restroom in the world. Man, I sure love soul food. Right on, bro. Diamond stolen. Seth shot. It's been a hell of a day. We got word that Seth Hitters took out two Molokai policemen. Poor guys didn't even know what hit him. They had stumbled on a full-fledged drug operation on the IU property. Seth is definitely uh, playing hardball in your backyard. Taryn and I are living proof of that. You're also our proof that Seth is directly involved. Listen, I want both of you to stay with Edie tonight. And we'll be on the first flight in the morning. Donna, I want you and Taryn to go out to Seth's beach house tomorrow morning and have a look around. Diamonds or no diamonds, you're sure to be on his hit list now. Edie, I want you to stay at the restaurant, business as usual. I don't want Seth to suspect that we've got his number. Oh, yeah. By the way, we will bring our trunk of toys. And E, speaking of toys, I can't wait to see yours. <laughs> <laughs> what a stud. Bye, girls. Bye-bye. Uh, listening to that now, I thought it was funny that... Uh, Correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure the music in the background is actually that song. I forget the name. The very famous song. It's uh, heard it on The Sopranos actually last week. I was watching an episode, and it's the uh, I was a certain age, and it was a very good year. You know what song I'm talking about? Homer Simpson uh, parried it on The Simpsons when he uh, one of the earlier episodes. He was talking about it was a flashback to when he was 17 and. When I was 17, I had some very good beer. Is that a Beatles song? Uh, I don't I don't think so. Maybe, I mean, maybe the song I heard on The Sopranos was a cover. I don't know. Um, but I'm sure, pretty sure that's what the music in the background is. Yeah, I didn't recognize it in, the, in this clip. 
I don't know if it's what you're thinking it is, but if it is, they probably did it without getting royal, you know, paying royalties for it, or they changed yeah. just enough. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you think his nose is bigger than his dick? <laughs> without he acts, probably. I like how they're like, we love you anyways, Ashley, even though you're always saying <laughs> shitty things to us. Even though you sexually harass us every day at work. <laughs> Speaking of sexually harassing, there's a, I didn't get it uh, in the clip, but I think shortly after that, uh, Whitey says something about the waitress or he's trying to hit on the waitress and Ashley says to him, quote, you go down on her. You're going to be kissing the back of my head because I'm already going to be there if you know what I mean. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> like, no, could you be more clear? I don't, I don't understand. <laughs> so, so, yeah, we met Jimmy John Jackson. He's all about his supplements. <laughs> and, uh, and the two players. Height of, in the height of steroids. Yeah, He's talking the, about supplements. The two players there are, uh, they just love soul food. The one guy got a, a, a milkshake he was waiting on. So, <laughs> but, uh, uh, yeah, so uh, Rowdy and Jade are strapping up and they're heading over to, to Taryn and Donna's house. Edie, she's only a contact for the agency. I don't know what that means. <laughs> but business as usual for her. Uh, and then Michelle, Michelle, who turns into Michael later, is secretly listening into the phone conversation. Uh, she should have packed some more stuff in her in her dress. I suppose that's but. the main reason she stuck out because she didn't have these huge fake boobs like everyone else in the movie. That's why she was behind the bar, you know, working the register. Mm-hmm. That's why she had to use more makeup. <laughs> but speaking of jimmy john like for some reason Taryn just goes and fucks him on the beach yeah the timing on this uh is confusing to me because it's they go you know they're at home when the the break-in happens and it's dark like it's really late at night and then they immediately go to Edie's where it's still late at night and then Taryn and jimmy john go to the beach and at sunset and they stay there until the morning because <laughs> like donna says taryn you know jimmy john didn't you go out with him before why don't you go have sex with him but you know be back in the morning because rowdy and jade are coming over <laughs> is this before or after the ambush via skateboard uh this is before the skateboard because uh, cause immediately after the, the, the beach sex scene, they, uh, I guess there are two sex scenes. So, kind of. I don't think this one's very uh, explicit, but we have uh, Jade and Rowdy are driving to Taryn and Donna's like the next morning. And uh, I have a line here. They were talking about being married. And I think it's Jade has the story about, he says, uh, was it Jade? Maybe I'm mixing up. But he tells a story about how his wife used to mow the lawn naked and his neighbors would complain and uh, they said, they would say to him, you know, I must have married her for her money. Because you know, she looks so bad naked. 
you saying that just reminds me of that line uh, from the goods. You've seen the goods, haven't you? Now, yeah, I pick up already that where David Keckner has that line. Uh, he goes, my, my mother used to cook bacon naked. She used to cook bacon all day long. <laughs> <laughs> David Keckner's so funny. He's one of the funniest dudes. He's so good. But yeah, this is where we we see the skater. Just for I don't know why, but well, it's impressive at first when you see him doing the handstand on the skateboard. He's doing he's cruising spins. down the road. Yeah, he's doing spins and shit. And he's got a blow up sex doll for some reason. I guess to hide. Well, it's got to hide the gun. Hide his gun, which he hits Jade in the shoulder, kind of, or <laughs> kind of right in the heart. <laughs> yeah. Just got, got it in the shoulder. It's like, that is right where your heart is. <laughs> but at the very least, you know, you're, even if it's somehow missing his heart, you know, not everyone's heart is in the same place, you know, but well, you know what? Your lung is there and your lung is pierced. He says it grazed him, but like the dude shot him from head on. Like, <laughs> like the angles don't work out, but Jade is still healthy enough to throw her in reverse and chase him down. Mm-hmm. And uh, Rowdy, he can't hit a moving target with a real gun, so he's got to pull out what they call a bazooka, which is like a four-barreled rocket launcher. <laughs> and they, they, they run into the skateboarder with their car, and he and the the blow-up doll just go flying in the air. <laughs> and he fucking hits them both with a rocket. <laughs> And they just totally dis- both of them totally disintegrate. They just explode into nothingness. And the the size of the explosion was strangely appropriate. I thought the uh, the power on that rocket launcher varies greatly depending on where <laughs> you shoot it and what you're shooting at. Yeah, but in this case, it is very devastating. <laughs> it uh, that kind of reminded me of. Uh, I don't know if they got inspiration from this movie, but. They do is there's a similar scene in the Punisher War Zone, which I don't know if you've seen that one yet. No, not yet. I might have to challenge you to watch that too. But there's a there's a similar scene in that, which is almost as hilarious. <laughs> but uh, if there's no Kevin Nash, I don't want it. <laughs> well, they they recasted the the Punisher. Yeah. That's the main reason I don't want any part of it. But who plays him in the this one? Uh, Ray Stevenson. Ray Stevenson. Don't know if I've seen him in anything. Uh, I can't think of what he's done. But um, uh, Dominic West is like the main bad guy. Okay. And then his brother is, um, I can't remember his name. He was the, the guy that married Courtney Stodden. He was in uh, the yeah the green Doug Hutchinson yeah yeah he's he plays Looney Bin Jim and he's he's probably the the best character in the movie the legal pedophile of California parents permission yeah I there was an interview I saw or an article this week it was an interview with Courtney Stodden she was talking about how she couldn't make up her mind or make you know sound decisions when she's sixteen. She doesn't know what she wants at 16. And That's what everybody said. Yeah, but, you know, she doesn't believe it until now, of course. I mean, so she's becoming more of an advocate, especially in light of Me Too over the past couple of years. 
It's like she's just now. I mean, they divorced. They separated and they got back together. And then they're finally divorced as of a year ago, maybe. Maybe a little longer. Yeah, something like that. It's on the parents, though, that signed off on it. The parents probably yeah. just saw dollar signs. I'm like, fuck it. Our daughter's a lost cause anyways. I mean, look at her. Well, apparently you can do that. Uh, Mary is a minor with parents' permission in, I think, 47 states. I think the article said there's only about three states that have laws against it. That's, uh, <laughs> that sounds like a so problem. Just, yeah, not just a California thing. It's more of a terrible parenting I mean, maybe if they're both minors, but even then, like, if you're going to be married, like, you should be. It's not like it's 1900 where that was common. Or, like, if you're not married by your time you're 15, you're old, old yeah. maid. You don't want to be one of those 16-year-old spinsters. I know, right? I mean, get to getting. But uh, where were we? We just finished up the ambush. Uh, so they go to the hospital. Uh Quick in and out, basically. <laughs> and he's still healthy enough to have sex later that night, right? That's where they're all at the house and they're in separate rooms. Well, I think Jade is the one that got shot, but he's with Edie, you know, because Taryn's with Jimmy John. But okay. Taryn and Jade are hanging out while, while uh, Donna and Rowdy are having sex. <laughs> or something, I don't know. She's just like, kneeling between his legs but like it's a weird angle like for them to actually be doing anything like i don't know <laughs> it's hard to tell what they're we're trying to get at mm-hmm. but rowdy is very loud we get a little clip or a little scene in between there all that stuff too where i didn't realize until uh a little bit later in the movie but it was the couple that they dropped off at the beginning that was on their honeymoon. The guy's taking pictures of okay. his uh, of his wife, and then uh, our friend the snake pops up, <laughs> and he got a pretty good shot of him attacking uh, him uh, on his Polaroid. And uh, <laughs> a little bit later, we found out that the snake, you know, ate and digested and uh, moved them, if you will, if you know what I'm saying. He shit him out. And the camera, that Polaroid basically got some great action shots. <laughs> it's a pretty solid picture. You know, it's the snake's face coming at him. Mm-hmm. Like, it's supposed it's... to be lunging at him, you know, <laughs> at like 80 miles an hour or something like that. It's yeah. not blurry whatsoever. It's all in focus. <laughs> <laughs> With a Polaroid. <laughs> uh, let's see. Oh, also, this uh, this is where Michelle turns into Michael, and then they kidnap Edie. Uh, Edie is on her way to the hospital, I think, to to check on Rowdy and uh, Jade, and she gets cut off by a windowless van. <laughs> it's taken. Does this lead to our next clip? I think so. So we we get a shot of them taking the video. They, they kind of do some uh, reconnaissance. Is that what it's called? I don't know. Yeah. Reconnaissance, recon. Yeah. Uh, they do a little more stuff. They go to a sumo gym and talk Spanish for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, let's see. Yeah, I think we could get to our clip. So this is, uh, 
is another two for one. So we had Jimmy John doing what he's there to do as a sportscaster. He's interviewing a couple of football players. Uh, what else do we got? We got some other stuff um, related to Jade and Rowdy and Taryn and Donna. But you'll hear it. Here we go. Three, two, one. This is Jimmy John Jackson, Southern Cable Sports Network. We're here in Molokai, Hawaii for the pro football meetings, and we're at Edie's Outpost with a lot of football celebrities. With us today is Don Merriman to talk to us about his years as quarterback with the Dallas Steers. And seated next to him is favorite receiver, Billy Blue Shoes Marvis. Don, the question I've always wanted to ask you is about the touchdown pass you threw to Billy Blue Shoes here last year. Now, it looked to me like a double post pattern with a pick on the outside linebacker, a flare across the middle with your split end, and a play action that gave you time to throw that ball 60 yards in the air. Now, with time running out, no more timeouts, and all that pressure, what was it that you told those guys in that huddle? How did you call the play? Well, Jimmy John, all I said was, niggas go deep, and white guys keep them out if you can on two. Jimmy, the motherfucker's crazy, but he sure can't throw. That's it from here in Molokai, Hawaii. Back to you, Howard. <laughs> Great broadcast, a career high, Jimmy John. <laughs> Your future is behind you, baby. <laughs> hey, can't win them all. Hey, beautiful. High five. Huh? Yeah, 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 you too. We love right you both. Sure, right. drink. Right. I don't believe it, Jimmy John. I don't believe it. Our career is over. Right. You should catch that broadcast, huh? That Jimmy John is the real card, huh? What are these guys drinking? <laughs> they were supposed to have Shirley Temple. Patty cakes! Patty cakes! <laughs> hey, aloha! Long time no see. Where you been, huh? Welcome back. Thank hey. you. Hey, nice outfit. Hey, where the hell are you? I fired her. Hey, I'm kidding with you. Look, I haven't seen her since I got in. Damn, I don't like this. Hey, but Donna called. And she said it's urgent for the both of you to get out to their house. Ashley, my friend. Steal your car. Oh, come on, come on, come on. Thanks. Yeah, little Petro won't hurt that car either. Caduce, Jimmy John, Caduce! Listen. Yeah, okay, I'll tell you. They lost the satellite feed on that interview we did with those football guys. Whitey, that's great. That means we still got our jobs. Yeah. Okay, listen, they also want you to interview the lady golfer, Muffy Fremont. No, no, Whitey. She's so dumb, she went home early to study for her pop test. So I jumped ahead. Our next clip is where they, they talk about the video. But the Jimmy John interview is one of the best scenes. And it has nothing to do with anything, with the plot. <laughs> That's some uh, hardcore commentary. <laughs> he goes into this needlessly elaborate play call that he's asking about. You know, it's the end of the game ticking down 60 yard pass there's no way it was a play action <laughs> it's, they're it, not faking the run with time running out and they're you know it was just 60 yards in the air right? so it's at least like a 60 70 yard pass touchdown i don't think they're biting on the play action it kind of reminds me of a couple years ago there's that female reporter who was asking uh Cam, Cam Newton about routes. Yeah, about <laughs> routes. And he's like, that's so funny listening to a woman talk about routes. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, and here's Jimmy John doing it. <laughs> you know, getting into it like he actually knows. 
that was a good name though. Billy Blue Shoes Marvin. Uh, Billy Blue Shoes. Yeah, something like that. I don't remember what his last name was. But... The Dallas Steers. <laughs> <laughs> Motherfucker's crazy, but he can throw good. <laughs> <laughs> White guys, keep him out if you can. <laughs> like how the female golfer that they want to, him to interview is named Muffy. Because that's just like such a stereotypical name for for like a you know like a wasp like blonde a, or something like a, a a butch woman you know back in the 80s they might call her muffy well isn't there uh what movie i'm thinking of there's a fringe side character called muffy and maybe caddyshack or some other early 80s comedy maybe I, I think where it was like a it's an attractive fringe side character could be it wasn't like wasn't like a butch woman but well he said she's so dumb that she studied for her pap test <laughs> that's a good one got some good one-liners in here from have you noticed that all the like the vast majority of the male characters in this movie are just horrible like they'd be considered sex criminals today mm-hmm. just like ashley is the worst whitey jimmy john i mean they're just all terrible people Rowdy and Jay, they know how to treat women. Although I, I for, later in the movie, there's a there's a scene where Rowdy, uh, I forget, they kill some people or something, and Rowdy has time to to cat call one of the chicks, and he's like, tell her about like how how good her ass looks or something. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like I'm giving her a compliment before before we get onto it. Just, well, she's uh, a villain, so it's okay, Brett. No, it was like his girlfriend. It was like Donna. Oh, that's I thought I was talking about like a a bad girl, I guess. No, it was like a it was like a congratulatory compliment on her looks because she did something good. <laughs> it might have been after they killed the snake. Spoiler alert, we're almost there. <laughs> Lord willing. But uh <laughs> Yeah, so after that clip, you know, you, we heard in that clip, Jade and uh, Rowdy showed up to the restaurant looking for Edie, and they get the message they got to go back to Donna and Taryn's place. Uh, and they take Ashley's car because their Jeep got shot in the gas tank, so they couldn't uh, take that. Uh, and they head over, and they, they start strapping up, and uh, Donna shows them the video that they shot earlier, and that is our next clip. All right. This is the video that we shot this afternoon. Who's the girl? She's a local. She plays frisbee with this guy every day. Good. I can use that. That guard's name is Shades. We got a file on him. He's the one that pulled the trigger on the Molokai policeman. Did you know what was happening here when you asked me to stay in Honolulu? Yeah. You can't control my life. I don't want to control your life. All I want to do is suck the polish right off your toes. I thought I thought he was going to say, all I want to do is zoom, 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 and your boom, boom, boom. Shake your rump. 
That's a that's like on Chappelle show. Like, act like all I want to do is zoom, 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 and you're boom, boom. <laughs> <laughs> I like the line. The guard's name is Shades. We have a file on him. <laughs> <laughs> His name is Shades. You have a file on a guy named Shades. And how do you know he's the one that killed the the cop, the local cop? Yeah, maybe my favorite line in the whole movie. Yeah, she plays, uh, or he plays frisbee with this uh, girl every day. Mm, good. I can use that. <laughs> you can use the fact that he plays frisbee, which sounds really dumb <laughs> until, until you see his plan, which is still really dumb. But you're like, oh, I guess, I guess there was a reason for the line. Did you know? Did you notice when they were watching the video? So, like, they have the angle that where they actually shot it from, like in the previous scene, and then they have like a close up from right in front of Shades as he puts his gun, and uh, what else did he have? He had a gun and something else that he put on the ground, and his radio, and uh, there's like, there's no way you shot from that angle. There's no yeah. way. That handy cam has a great optical zoom on it. I'm telling you, it's got a zoom and uh, some kind of like bending lens on it, where you can get a get an angle from the side. I remember. Uh, I think when I first saw this movie, I was kind of reading up on that camera because I was wondering what the hell it was. I kind of recognized it, but I remember it was really popular in the '80s, but it was still kind of horseshit quality. Yeah, versus what you see on the video it's crystal especially with the camera angles and the the zoom and yeah it's like hd basically (laughs) hd before hd like they were ahead of the curve Mm -hmm. uh so we get a we get a short scene of well i don't it's not really a short scene you have that that bodybuilder chick they call her rosie or something she does like she poses she gets oiled up and poses for about two minutes, and then she takes some nunchucks and tortures Edie back at uh, Romero's place. And then Rowdy and uh, Donna have loud sex because that's an <laughs> appropriate time to do it. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, Donna and, uh, or sorry, Taryn and Jade are in the next room giggling about it. And then we have another clip here of Seth and Mr. Chang. Mr. Chang is not in this movie enough. I wish he was in it more. (laughs) He looked familiar. I looked at his IMDb. And he's been in a few movies that I've seen, but I don't remember necessarily what his characters were. Like he was in, he was in Scrooged. He was in Break-In. And then there's one other one. Oh yeah, he was in The Rocketeer. Do you remember The Rocketeer? I actually just watched it again about a month ago. Yeah, I watched it a few years ago for the first time in forever. Um, I don't remember if I liked it still or not, but uh, I forgot that there were as many Nazis in there as there were. Oh, yeah, a lot of Nazis. A lot of Nazis. But, uh, yeah, Peter Bromelo is in there. He was also in Wild at Heart, which is apparently Nicolas Cage and... David Lynch film. Or a Dern. From the Palma Door in 1990. He was in Highlander 2, The Quickening. Mm. So he's I've been in a, quite a few things. Uh, yeah. But, you know, he looked familiar to me, and I couldn't quite put my finger on it. 
I thought he kind of reminded me of the the Nomalos from Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. He's yep. got a he's got a vague accent. Kind of looks similar. It's just been revoked. <laughs> <laughs> Diplomatic immunity. But it's a it's a different guy. But uh, yeah, our next clip is a, a phone conversation that Seth Romero has with Mr. Chang about what to do about all these agents getting in their business. Mr. Chang, this is Seth. I trust you have received your payment. We need another shipment. Last time, your courier came up a few kilos short. I'll correct that. Or he'll take his hand home in a bag. Seth, no one must interfere with our plans. We must show our power. Agents are everywhere. Have no mercy. Kill them all. I understand. I like how he says, I understand, like it was kind of vague, like he was trying to like code it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> These agents are everywhere. Kill them all. I understand. This directly leads into basically them uh, Rowdy and Jade preparing for battle, correct? I think this is just after, I think this uh, leads into the... Um, the actual mission so okay. they're they get into the, the frisbee on the beach because i just wanted to talk about their random assortment of weapons that they're going through you know they open up that big case and it's got all these different guns in there it's got that rocket launcher right but yeah then it's basically gets into that uh the frisbee scene Rowdy, incredible yeah. rowdy just runs up on the beach next to colleen butts his way into their frisbee game <laughs> and then he, he tells her to get lost this is where I was talking about earlier where he has time to, to call her so Colleen's running off as uh, uh, Shades is a little bit distracted and Rowdy has time to tell her how nice her ass looks and she's like oh thanks <laughs> yours too <laughs> like, like she's not pissed like if that happened today she would have been pissed mm -hmm. you know I wonder how they uh, made that razor blade frisbee. I don't. Remember. Did he just glue them on, or did he tape them? I don't know. Seems like he just glued them all on there. I'm sure that would be a little hot glue. Maybe. Easy. Yeah, I think so. I think that would be the way. Or maybe you cut little divots, or you know, little slots in the, the edge of the frisbee and kind of wedge them in there. But. He has two frisbees. He's got the razor frisbee, and then he's got a decoy frisbee, so that he throws the decoy one, once, and then uh, Shades uh, trusts him. He puts his gun and his radio down, and then the next one is the razor blade frisbee. And what an arm he's got! I mean, he's got a heck of a, a frisbee throw. Goes right through his fingers and his face, mm -hmm. or his neck. I fa I forget, but he he kills him with it. Yep. Quite the shot. 
It's kind of like, just shoot him. <laughs> like, I know it, it could be loud and alert the others, but you've seen every spy movie, good or bad. Silencers, you know, there's no sound. <laughs> exactly. But then they, they go and uh, they ra- raid the compound and uh, very lax security at the Romero compound. Mm-hmm. I was uh, disappointed. He looks like Scarface. He acts like Scarface, but he's not got the same kind of money that Scarface has to pay for his uh, security team. I forget who's up above in the glider. Is that? Uh, I think that's that Taron. I think Donna? that's Donna. Because <laughs> it's like a lax security leads to, uh, I guess, lax aerial attacks. <laughs> Just gliding around. <laughs> Casually above the compound, just like dropping grenades. And- <laughs> <laughs> like one guy comes out to shoot at them. And uh, why does Rowdy start with the pistol first? <laughs> he has all these guns, automatic weapons, rocket launcher. He's like, I'm getting out my pistol. Well, I mean, there's only one guy there. So it's like save the big stuff for, for when there's more people. But like him and this guy shoot back and forth about 20 times and neither one hits <laughs> the other. There's always enough stuff around each character to, you know, to break or blow up. There's a, a bunch of glass or glasses and bottles are breaking. Yeah. Who ends up shooting the guy? Uh, is it Jade or is it Terran? I think it's, well, I think it's Jade. I think so. And then I think Taryn goes around back and she gets confronted by Michael. And she puts about 15 bullets in him. Mm-hmm. Like he just comes around the corner and he gets it. Just terrible. <laughs> then we get that cool karate scene with Jade in the house. Mm-hmm. There's only one other guy in the house for some reason that comes to, to attack. He's got those cool claws. He does like the, the tiger style kung fu. Yeah. Starts slashing him up. That was a sweet kill where he takes the claws and you you get one hand on the front of the neck and one hand on the back and just goes opposite directions with it. <laughs> I don't think I've seen anything like that before, but I'm sure it's been done. I don't watch a ton of Kung Fu, so. And then, yeah, he's still, (laughs) see, now would be the time for Rowdy to use his pistol. So instead he's like, oh, it's close quarters. Let's just use a rocket launcher. (laughs) Right. So Edie is like tied up. Did he get, I don't even think they untied Edie yet, but uh, he's hiding behind the couch because somebody runs in and they shoot at the couch and it stops every bullet. And, Rowdy pulls out the rocket launcher and shoots it at close quarters, like you said. And it just kind of kills the guy. It doesn't, like, blow up the whole house like it should. Yeah. Like we said, very different uh, damaging uh, damages from various rocket launcher shots. I take that back. Jade had already untied Edie right before that, and he started... Sucking her face immediately is what I wrote. Um, I think my last note is, well, the, I, I have the mirror camera shot with the uh, final baddie, basically. Well, they escape on the helicopter and they Donna hits them with the RPG. Do you remember that scene? Yep. So RPG kills just one guy in the previous scene. Very little collateral damage. Very next scene, takes out an entire helicopter. Same weapon. Same (laughs) weapon. (laughs) 
somehow Seth escapes. Uh, he Donna's back at her house later, and Seth. Uh, yeah, so this is where the snake comes back in because Seth mm-hmm. creeps on Donna in her house, and they they kind of fight. Um, she hides in the closet. That was a pretty cool scene. She's hiding in the closet, and he starts uh, stabbing the slats out of the door. And uh, she, meanwhile, pulls a harpoon out. Yeah, she's got a harpoon gun in the closet. And as soon as he gets, you know, all the slats out of the door and is ready to attack, he gets a harpoon in the chest. And he gets a couple of fake deaths. Yeah. Before the snake comes out of the toilet and just fucks him up. Yeah, because my last note was the snake. Just when he thought it was safe to take a pee, there it is coming out of the toilet. <laughs> And luckily for uh, Donna, before the snake can turn on her, Rowdy just drives his fucking dirt bike through the <laughs> through the wall <laughs> of the house. <laughs> and he shoots the rocket launcher and hits the snake and only its head blows up. <laughs> First of all, good aim. Second of all, what the <laughs> fuck is with this rocket launcher? <laughs> uh, so... Yeah, so that's pretty much it for everybody except for Mr. Chang. And they got to go to his office to take care of him. And, uh, yeah, they beat up his bodyguard. And then uh, they shoot him and he falls out of the fucking 10-story window. And that's the end of that chapter. And uh, our last clip is the last scene of the movie. Kind of their plans for the future, which sound really shady. So here we go. This is how it ends. I think that we all deserve a vacation cruise on the Malibu Express. I agree. All right. Yeah, but first, I think we should go to Molokai, get the other bag of diamonds, and turn it over to the agency. Excuse me, Kimasabi, but uh, we don't know where the diamonds are. What do you mean? Only moi knows where the diamonds are. Uh, is she saying what I think she's saying? As federal agents, you're all bound by law to turn in any confiscated goods, right? That's right. I'm just a mere civilian. Since anyone who could identify the diamonds is dead, the diamonds belong to me. Can she do that? Yep, she sure can. And she can also share the wealth with her friends. A job worth doing is a job worth doing for the right price. Here, here. She sure can. That sounds illegal. And I, you probably <laughs> shouldn't be telling everybody that that's what you're going to do. I should mention, I didn't, uh, I forgot about this when we were just talking about this, but uh, before Chang gets shot through the window, he throws a sword at Donna and Rowdy, but he misses because he brought a sword <laughs> to a gunfight. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's hard ticket to Hawaii. Something else. Yeah, and uh, I'll save you uh, the trivia or go into the trivia in IMDb because there's only six listed trivia in here. And the only one that even is interesting at all is uh, producer Arlene Sedaris revealed, I believe that's uh, Andy's wife, uh, revealed on YouTube's channel Popcorn Talk. Wait, YouTube channel's Popcorn Talk show Guilty Movie Pleasures that the film was almost given an X rating by the MPAA due to 
and there's a bunch of typos in here, but it says due to the exploded doll thinking it was too real, <laughs> which is very confusing to me. Yeah, speaking of the the dolls, I did an episode on my Positively Wolfy podcast where we discussed a story about, I think it might have been the bold and the beautiful, ironically enough, to avoid uh, putting people in danger of COVID while filming. They were going to use, they used the term blow-up dolls as stand-ins for sex scenes or love scenes or whatever. Mm Mm-hmm. And the doll that they use in Hard Ticket to Hawaii is what I imagine when they're talking about blow-up dolls. <laughs> and I don't know, if they thought it was too real in 1987, I don't know. Is it still too real in 2020? <laughs> uh, that's a, that sounds like it's made up. I think that's made up. They thought it was yeah. too real. You know, they, they blew up a real guy right before it. Mm-hmm. Were they mad because she was naked? So it or didn't be- look real enough, I guess. Or was it because she was a woman? Because that's kind of sexist. Figured it would have just been the uh, all the nudity, but maybe. And the yeah. loud, obnoxious sex between Rowdy and Donna. Yeah. So there's a there's another trivia here about there's a poster of Malibu Express in uh, one of the bedrooms at Taryn and Donna's house which is the previous movie that Andy Sedaris directed. But I think in the movie, in Heart Ticket to Hawaii, they talk about how, like, I don't, I haven't seen Malibu Express, but they were talking about how their former agent friend was the star of that movie. And now he's a Hollywood actor and a big shot. <laughs> and I'm like, what? Yeah, there was a lot of, like, recurring characters or actors, actresses in all of his films and there was kind of some continuity but kind of not it just depended on the film some had more continuity than others from what i read so either malibu express is the movie is exists in the world of hard ticket to hawaii or the poster in hard ticket to hawaii is a movie adaptation of what happened in the movie malibu express Possibly. <laughs> it's very meta. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. I I thought it was a it was a good time. It's not obviously gonna be winning any awards for like good writing or great story or anything like that. It's a kind of a messy script, but God is it entertaining. There's so many things in here. The snake looks fucking ridiculous <laughs> and the uh the rocket launcher we talked about is i mean it's hard to go wrong when you use a rocket launcher like five times in a movie and it's super inconsistent in how it acts mm-hmm. but uh yeah i would recommend it i'd probably give, give it, it eventually event. i would say eventually yeah yeah me too i think this is one of those terrible midnight movies that kind of is required viewing i think it's easy to you know certain bad movies that's you know aren't as they're entertaining to everyone but right. i think this one's kind of got something for everyone in it with the I absurdity so. and the has jokes and politically incorrect humor nudity <laughs> violence it's got everything i mean the characters are pretty interesting 
considering it's a soap opera star and uh, a bunch of like models who probably aren't like the best actors. I mean, I think they did a good job with it. So, you know, it's, it's not something that you're going to be bored with. Like, I don't think you're going to get bored with it. Yeah. But I don't know. Short enough. I don't think I have anything else to add. No, me neither. But uh, yeah, other than that, I guess we'll just say you can uh, email us at watchthismovie at yahoo.com. You can follow us on Twitter at watchthis underscore movie or Brett at PositivelyWolf1. Uh, you can check out our website at wtmwatchthismovie.com. And please rate and review, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and many other podcast apps. And before we go, Brett, why don't you tell us about the where people can get some merchandise and uh, remind them about your show, your new show, Positively Wolfy Podcast. Yeah, so for WTM merch, you can go to teespring.com slash stores slash WTM, watch this movie. That link is going to be in both of our Twitter profiles if you need to, you know, get there quickly. Uh, like I said, I added a couple of masks face masks up there uh i may be adding more um and then if you want any of the designs that are out there if you want it on a face mask or or even a fanny pack they have fanny packs now or a or a neck gaiter you can do that also mm-hmm. just hit me up and uh i can get it done for you we also have the promo code canceled with two l's to get 10 percent off and then if you want to hear more of me and uh, some other co-hosts, including Eric, on uh, the next episode. You can check out the Positively Wolfly podcast. Just search that up on your favorite podcast app and uh, check that out. It's unqualified commentary on allegedly real news. We, uh, we take some crazy news articles and we, uh, we talk about them. Tell a couple jokes maybe, maybe relate them to something that we, that it reminds the story reminds us of or you know references things like that it's a it's a good time a lot of fun i think you'll enjoy it if you check it out Mm -hmm. so be sure to check that out and we will check you later guess we'll see you around all right check you later bye wait man why you always such a dork man what are you talking check you later check you later (laughs) hey man you off my case